Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website www.exchangechurch.org.au. Great, thanks Elliot. Uh, Elliot, as you see, uh, wasn't here with us, but uh, thanks to the modern wonders of technology, we can bring that in, and uh, a bit like Beamy Min Scotty. So thanks Elliot, as you've read that word for us. Uh, something we'd love to do at Exchange and make a real focal point of our services, that is to open up God's word and to hear him speak to us, which he does uh, crystal clear out of the Bible. Uh, we have been doing a series on Colossians, and given where things have been over the last five or six days, where there's been a whole lot of sort of change in the state of Victoria, I just felt to go in a different direction for today, as we just think about again sort of running back into this stage three uh, restrictions. And in a sense, as I was thinking about that earlier in the week, I get a real feeling it's a bit like running a marathon that we're in here as far as what we're going through in Victoria. And I saw this earlier in the week about marathons, and it's this. There's, there's eight stages that you go through when you're running a marathon. Uh, the first stage is mile number one. You're full of excitement. Hey, everything's happening. The crowd's all around about you, and this is, is going to be great. So there's excitement on stage one. Uh, mile number five, there's a stage they call denial. I can't believe I'm doing this. What did I put my name in this for? Uh, stage number three is called shock. It's mile number 11. And you are shocked out of your brains that you're even still out there and you're doing something like this, running this marathon. Uh, stage number four is that mile 16. It's called isolation. You feel absolutely isolated and alone as you try and run out this marathon. Stage number five is that mile 19, they tell me, and it's the stage of despair. You think you're never going to make it. You just are despairing about everything around about you. There's people running past you. You just feel with despair during this marathon. Stage six at mile 22 is called hit the wall. Your body, your body and your mind says, I can't go any further. You've hit the proverbial brick wall and you feel like this is it. I cannot do anything else. But at stage seven at mile 23, things begin to turn around. They call this the stage of affirmation. I think I can make it. I think I can see the end in sight. And of course, stage eight is at mile 26. And that's the stage of elation. You've made it. You've completed the marathon. All of those elements, though, in a race, like a marathon, combine to be a race of endurance, going the distance against many, many challenges. Obviously, many challenges of the mind and challenges of the body. And today, as we think about COVID-19 and where we are back in Victoria, back in this lockdown stage, it's like endurance. It's like a marathon. So we're going to touch on that today as we think about our faith through this endurance. So if you've got your Bibles, please go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to read from verse 23 through to 28. And then we're going to drop down from, uh, to 12 verses 1 to 3 as well. Verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, 
not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. And the end of uh, chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for this uh, massive privilege that we can have, Lord, as we open up your word. God, we thank you that you speak crystal clear out of your word into our lives today. So, Father, we ask and pray now that the Holy Spirit, who is God, would come and open that word up into our hearts and produce within us endurance, faithful endurance, a growing endurance which will produce a growing faith and deepen our relationship with you. Lord, I ask for your power. I ask for your help. I ask Holy Spirit that you'd help me this morning to be able to do that. Now, Lord, we ask that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, sometimes uh, as we read through Hebrews chapter 11, uh, from a Christian perspective, it's like walking into the Stockman's Hall of Fame in Longreach or the AFL Hall of Fame at the MCG in Melbourne. Uh, you read of those achievements, which Alec just read there for us before, some of the amazing things they've done there in chapter 11, and you feel dwarfed by these people. They seem like they're, they're amongst greatness of men and women as they've actually uh, lived this life of faith. Now, certainly it's a different kind of greatness here. It's not the greatness of skill or ability or intelligence that you might find at Longreach or at the MCG with uh, the AFL Sporting Stars. The greatness of chapter 11 is all about the greatness of faith. They all had a belief or a hope or a trust or a confidence that was carried out through a life of active obedience before God. It was a greatness of faith. Now, for these guys that we just read about there in chapter 11, their faith didn't develop into this greatness during a holiday on the Gold Coast. That's not where their faith grew. If you read through chapter 11, their faith developed through trial and hardship, through the difficulties of life. And in a life of faithful endurance, through testing, these people in chapter 11 grew strong in God and were able to overcome any situation that they came across in life. Now, I believe today for us, a robust faith is totally applicable as we experience, as a word, COVID-19 lockdown 2.0. We're back in it again. Lockdown 2.0 is really a test of our faith. It's a test of what I believe. Will I allow my faith in God to shrink during lockdown 2.0? Or is this a time for my faith to grow in God during lockdown? How am I going to approach this? Here's our big idea today as we think about this. Trials produce faithful endurance. And faithful endurance produces a growing hope. So let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. 
Okay, so we think about that big idea and we think about where we are right now. COVID-19 really is like a faith crusher. What do you think or feel when Premier Daniel Andrews announces last Sunday that we're going back into COVID stage 3, 19 lockdown restrictions again? What's it do for you? That we can now only leave home for health, for exercise, for food and essential items, or work and education. At all other times, we must stay home. We can't actually have visitors around to our home. We must stay home, unless we've got those four reasons to go out for. When you hear that, does it build you up? Probably not. We can feel trapped. We can feel isolated. We can feel cut off. We can feel alone. We can feel actually in despair. We can feel vulnerable, depressed. Will this ever end? Fearful, anxious, and probably out of control somewhat as well when we hear those things. I feel like everything's been squeezing me, putting pressure on me. I can't do what I wanted to do or what I normally was used to doing. Maybe even here we question God, like, what are you doing? Like, here we go again, God, what the heck is this all about? Didn't we just do this two months ago and I thought we're getting somewhere, but now we're back in it again. We question, God, what are you doing in all this? You see, when this happens, what is being tried and tested here is our faith. Our faith is what we believe in. Our faith is what we put our hope in. Our faith is what we trust in. I've always trusted or believed that in God my life would work out okay. You know, always have a job, relatively good health, secure income, plenty of relaxation time, able to go on a holiday or a weekend away whenever I like, just feel on top of things in God, positive relationships, and generally feel peaceful. I thought that was, I was building my life on that because that's what God was going to provide for me. But then COVID-19 comes along with lockdown 2.0. What's it do? It throws at me stress. It throws at me insecurity and uncertainty. And what this does, it actually sends hand grenades at my faith. It causes these explosions at the very foundations of what I believe. It destabilizes me. These things explode and all of a sudden I feel like the, the, the things I'm standing are, are beginning to crack and to crumble to some extent. You see, this is what COVID-19 is doing. It's testing our faith. So we, we ask ourselves questions like this. How will I respond to this next round of restrictions that we're facing? How am I going to react? What will happen to my faith during this test? Will I bunker down and go into hibernation and just withdraw from everything and just hide away? Or will we use this time to see our faith in God grow and come out the other side in a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? Good questions to ask ourselves and we're going to explore that now. So what we've seen there as we read through, uh, as Elliot read through Hebrews 11 before, are mighty examples of faith. And in fact, Hebrews 10.39 sets us up for chapter 11. It says this in Hebrews 10.39. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and, and preserve their souls. Now, there's a whole lot of stuff happening in chapter 10 there. And he says, no, we're not the ones who shrink back and are destroyed, but we're those who have faith. So he's addressing those who are truly following Jesus here. We don't shrink back from the challenges of life when they come upon us. We are those who are believers trusting in Christ who have faith 
and know our souls are safe in Christ no matter what happens. And then see, the writer goes on to tell us here about all these strong examples of faith in this next chapter 11 after following on from 10.39. And this is where we pick up Moses and his life of deep conviction in God. So read with me now in chapter 11 as we go to verses 24 through 26. Verse 24 says, by faith. Let's just stop right there. By faith. Faith. What is it? It's Moses' confident belief and hope in the person and the promises of God. Moses knew that although he can't see God, he knows that God is the one true God and the ultimate being who rules the universe. He, know, he can't see God, but he believes it by faith. This is what Moses is operating from. It follows on, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What's, what's Moses doing there? This faith of Moses enabled him to turn his back on the prestige and fame of being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He turned his back on that. He refused to be called Pharaoh's, uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What did he choose? Follow on verse 25. Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses chose to identify with the people of God. He could have lived a life of luxury in the palaces of Egypt. He could have been down in the summer palace by the Mediterranean Sea with that blue sparkling water just soaking all that up. He could have had a life of pure indulgent pleasure, untold riches with no restraints to his desires whatsoever. Moses could have lived the ultimate dream life that only people, other people could imagine. But he chose to identify with God's people as it were to be mistreated with God's people. Verse 26, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Moses considered, weighed up, thought about this in his mind. He considered it. A life lived for Christ and all the challenges that that brings are of far greater wealth or value than all the treasures of Egypt. Why? because he was considering the reward. He was looking to the reward. But that's not all with Moses. Read on in verse 27. Moses, under the direction of God, gathers the Israelite nation that have been held as slaves in Egypt, and he's now told by God to lead them out to the promised land. Pharaoh's not happy about this at all. Let's see what happens in verse 27. By faith, there is Moses again, by faith, in his confident belief in who God is, although he can't see him. By faith... He left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So by faith again in the promises of an invisible God, Moses can't see God, he firmly believes in God. Moses now leads, leads the people out of Egypt to the promised land. And it tells us there that Moses endured, persevered or pressed on, by seeing him who is invisible. Doesn't make sense, does it? How do you see somebody that's invisible? I love this passage of scripture. I absolutely love it. I never fail to read these few verses here about Moses and not be stirred in my own faith. This makes my heart leap with encouragement. This makes my heart leap with strength. My heart grows in faith when I read this. 
My heart grows in God's presence and power as I see this example of faith here in Moses. What's Moses facing here? He's facing a test of faith. I'm sure I can imagine Moses asking himself this. What, what do I really believe about God? Is what I believe about God really worth risking the anger and the wrath of Pharaoh? Yeah, you know, I could easily just slip down to the Mediterranean, get in that summer palace and just leave all that behind. There's a test of faith here in Moses uh, with God. How did Moses' faith respond here? Moses responded with faithful obedience to God's word. Absolutely believed who God was. And you see, that's what the fruit of faith looks like. It's active obedience. It's not passive. It's actively obeying. It's entrusting ourselves to God and following his ways. He made an active choice to take God's word as it is and just walk that out. Believe it and live it out. Maybe this could be your first time here at Exchange Online. We want to say welcome. We'd love to have people come and connect with us here at Exchange. You might be thinking, I've heard of this Christian faith. What is this faith? This is this act of obedience in trusting in who God is and what he's done for us, despite us not being able to see him, but then putting our confidence in that and living out in that way. So today, similarly for us, our faith is tested by COVID-19. What do I believe about God? How will my life show what I do believe about God during COVID-19? Now, as I think about Moses and the rest of the people here in Hebrews 11, they are there for our example. They are there for our encouragement and the strengthening of our hearts as we think about how we will conduct ourselves through COVID-19 lockdown. They're there to bolster our faith in a faithful God, to trust in him and to live for him no matter what happens, COVID-19 or anything else. Let's think about these people in Hebrews 11 for a moment. How did it work out for them? Was life a bed of roses and bright sunny days with no COVID-19? Have a look with me in verses 39 and 40 and we'll be shocked here. Verse 39 says this, And all these, all these people in verse uh, chapter 11, And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Stop the bus! Is that right? Did not receive what was promised. Is that a typo? Did not receive what was promised. Read on, verse 40. Since God had provided something better for us, and them in chapter 11, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. God's ultimate deliverance and promises will not be experienced in this world. Our faith is preparing us through endurance for the next world. Because there's something truly amazing in the next world that will blow us away. We can't see it in reality yet. We can only see it by the eyes of faith. They didn't receive the promises. Because that's not what faith is in this world. Faith is actually putting that into the promises of the next world. Hebrews 11 
is about our endurance through our faith. But it's not just a grit your teeth faith and just get through endurance. I'm just going to crawl over the line. No, it's an endurance that refines, purifies and grows our faith into a deeper and sweeter relationship with Jesus. It does. Look what Paul says here in Romans chapter 5 for us. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, there's that word again, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Stop there for a second. See what Paul's saying? It's faith and it's faith and we rejoice in the hope that God gives us in in and through his glory. Follow on to verse 3. Not only that, rejoicing in in the hope of the glory of God, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Let me say that again for us another way in verse 3, a way that will shock you. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in COVID-19. That doesn't make sense, does it? What is, there, what is there to rejoice about in COVID-19? I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. What is COVID-19 doing for me that I can rejoice about? Here's what COVID-19 is doing, stage three lockdowns. It's producing endurance. And endurance is producing character. And character is producing hope. And this hope isn't a weak, hollow, shameful thing. This hope is underpinned by God's love and his eternal promises. This is what COVID-19 is doing. COVID-19 is an instrument. It's an instrument that God is using to wean us off this world and deepen our hope for another world. He's using this to, as it were, begin to weaken or wean off our affections for the things of this world. Not that the things of this world are wrong, but sometimes our affections are way too strong for this world. He's using this to wean off those affections and get our hearts set on another world. COVID-19 is a tool in God's hand that he's using to purify our faith and to increase our love for Christ and to increase the love of Christ in our hearts at the same time. You see, how did Moses endure? It said there, he endured by seeing him who is invisible. Well, how do you see something that's invisible? You see it by the eyes of faith. You see it by the eyes of understanding. You see it by the eyes that look forward into the future. Let's look now at Hebrews 12 to see the response that the writer now calls us to as we grasp this faith that's been given to us and that we can now grow through challenging times. And in this next passage in verses 1 to 3, there's four things that he calls us to do because this passage is directly linked to the chapter before. Uh, Verse 1, Therefore, because of everything that's happened in verse 11 that I've just told you about, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us... Also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let's get the picture here as we just stop at that verse. The picture is perhaps like a marathon race. 
And there's this whole cloud of witnesses. And who are they? Probably the people from Hebrews chapter 11 who've run the race. They are st- they, on the side, they are cheering us on. They're encouraging us on in the same race that we're running, a race with our faith. And what do we do at the start? What does anybody do in a marathon? You strip off anything that may encumber you or may entangle you or that may actually slow you down when this race is on. So what do we do? In COVID-19, we don't get entangled by the weight and encumbrances that are the challenges to our life, particularly when it's in COVID-19. We don't let COVID-19 weigh us down in our faith and decrease our faith or shrink our faith. Let us lay aside those things. Let us also lay aside sin. In other words, let's engage in the battle with sin to grow our faith. We're called to, because of these examples of faith, lay these things aside. Follow on with it then, the last half of verse 1. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let's run with endurance. That's the next thing he tells us to do. Let's make an active choice to strive forward in this race, which has COVID-19 as part of it. We can't avoid the COVID-19. It's part of it. It's part of the race we're in. But let us run with endurance. Follow on to verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What's he asking us to do? Keep looking to Jesus. Keep looking to Jesus. Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who endured the cross for us, he will keep us strong. He will keep us going during COVID-19. As we think about these examples of faith in chapter 11, we're told now, look to Jesus. Keep looking to Jesus. Follow on to verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Again, looking to Jesus, consider what Jesus did, what he went through. What did he do? He endured all the anger and the rejection that he faced. He was crucified on a cross. He was murdered for a crime that he never committed. Consider what Jesus has endured for us. Why? So that we can keep going. We look to him. We look to see what he's done. He empowers us. He strengthens us to run this race with endurance to grow our faith. So how do we approach COVID-19 lockdown 2.0 again? Let's go back to our questions. Will we bunker down? into self-isolation and just hibernate like a bear to resurface in six or eight weeks' time and just hoping that the winter of COVID-19 has just gone away and the bright sunny days of spring have appeared? Or will we take an attitude that God is going to grow me through this experience? Through the challenges of COVID-19, he's going to refine my faith and relationship in him. There's a world of difference between those two options. One is just retreat to a cave and just become so inwardly focused that you'll get nothing out of that whatsoever. And the other option is to begin to open up yourself and to see what God can do in your life. You see, the first option would end up being a total waste of this lockdown. A total waste of this lockdown. We would miss an opportunity to grow in Christ if we just want to hibernate away and just get away from everybody and everything. Now, there might be phases where you might need to do that for a little bit, but not to retreat to that for the whole whatever time this could be in. We'd miss it. We'd waste it. The second option 
is to take the attitude that I want to grow my faith in God during lockdown 2.0. I want to take what God's allowed to come into my life and see that as a tool or an instrument that he's brought to actually grow me in my faith. How will this look? Firstly, it'll take endurance. No question about that. We will need to persevere at running this race. We will need to actually set our minds here to run, to endure, and the Holy Spirit will empower us to do that. It'll take endurance. No one's going to deny here that it's hard. It is hard. But we can endure through that. Secondly, our attitude is all important here. What my mindset is, is all important here. My mindset must be that I'm determined, I'm, t- I'm telling my mind I'm determined that I'm going to grow my faith during this time. That even when things are stripped away from me, as in the freedoms or other things that I previously enjoyed uh, before lockdown came along, my mind is going to kick into gear and it's going to say, I'm looking to grow. I'm looking to grow. No matter what happens, I want to grow, Lord. The attitude becomes really, really important. We've got to take hold of our mind. We can't let our minds slip down the path of ease and laziness. You know, just going on to binge watching of Netflix or YouTube or other sort of TV stuff. Hey, a little bit of that's okay, but if we just think, no, I'm just going to binge out on that and take the easy path of laziness and things like that, you're not going to grow. You haven't got your mind in the right attitude. We've got to have a resolve and a determination to grow in the gospel. What was his Moses' attitude in Egypt? Active obedience. He wasn't retreating away. He put his faith to work. Thirdly, we've got to place ourselves under the waterfalls of God's grace. What are these waterfalls? Well, we need to swim. We need to immerse ourselves in the fountain of God's word. I mean swim in it, not paddle around in the shallow pool, dive deep into the ocean of God's word. Make time to read it, slowly, carefully, reflectively thinking over the spirit-inspired word. Get into the gospels, get into the gospels and soak in the life of our sovereign saviour. Read about him. Another waterfall is God's grace in prayer. During this lockdown, take time to pray. Pray that God will grow you deeply during this lockdown. Pray that God will grow you deeply in his living word, his his sustaining word, his life-giving word. Pray for others around you that they will grow too in this lockdown. That it won't be a wasted period of time. Another waterfall of God's grace is community with others. Fellowship with others. We can still do this during lockdown. We can't do it face to face or in person. But we can still do community. We can still do fellowship at other levels. Telephone calls. Ring people up. Talk with them. Ask how they're doing. Ask what they're learning about God. Ask, how can I pray for you? 
How can I help your faith to grow during lockdown? What can I do to support you? Ring them up. If a name drops into your head, pick up your telephone and ring them. Send messages of support and gospel encouragement. Text messaging or other um, social media messaging. Do that. It's powerful. Don't underestimate. This week I had a very flat week. I don't have too many flat weeks. This week was a flat week. I got a message from my brother James Gibbs the other day. That was precisely what I needed. James didn't know where I was at. He didn't know what I was going through. God used James to encourage me. Messages are powerful. Don't underestimate if somebody's name comes into your mind to send them a message. God takes that and he grows faith. He grows faith. Here's what will happen to us in our faith during lockdown 2.0 if we do these things. Our faith will be purified. Our faith will grow. Christ's love will grow in our hearts and our love in return for Jesus will expand within us. The things of this world will grow strangely dim. We will be weaned off the things of this world and gospel joy will expand and grow where it will want to burst out of your soul. Now it may not be like that all the time but you'll experience gospel joy. And then during lockdown 2.0 When we go through this, we will run this race with joyful endurance for the glory of God. And out the other side, we will come out being filled with Jesus and we'll come out as a community revived in the power of the Holy Spirit to take the message of the gospel into this community where we live. That's what lockdown 2.0 can do if we set our minds to run the race with endurance. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today just again to worship you, to praise you, to glorify you, to honour you as our great God and Saviour. Today, Lord, we thank you We thank you that you've chosen to use COVID-19 to purify our faith, to refine our faith. 
You've chosen to use COVID-19 to fill our heart with Christ. You've chosen to use COVID-19 to reveal a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. Our prayer today, Lord, is please let us not waste this experience. Let us not waste this time. Let this time be, Lord, a time of growth where Jesus grows larger and larger within us and that, Lord, we become infectious with the gospel to take out in our community so we can share the same love that you've shed abroad on our hearts with our community. Please help us today, Lord. Please help us to put ourselves under these waterfalls, the waterfall of your word, the waterfall of prayer and the waterfall of community. Will you communicate your grace to us? Well, today, I do ask and do pray this now in Jesus' name and for his glory. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people to Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us.